Welcome to A Woman's Clarity, a podcast that empowers financial professionals to better connect with and serve their female clients. Listen in as host Kirsten Schlumbaum, Vice President of Annuity Sales at C2P, and her guests help you speak the language of women clients and meet their unique financial needs and goals. Hello and welcome to A Woman's Clarity, a podcast by C2P. I'm Kirsten Schlumbaum, Vice President of Moody Sales here, and I'm super excited to have our guest today. I guess I'm always excited. I love what I do. I love the opportunity of helping women in financial services. But I got the opportunity to hear Julie Pinkerton speak at the National Conference for WIFIS. And I'm not going to lie, the most important thing I picked up from Julie, she's a dog lover, so you got to trust her. But no, Julie had a phenomenal organization called Clients First. So I want to take this opportunity. Julie, can you share a little bit about your story and how you got involved with financial services? Absolutely. You know, I started over 30 years ago and came right out of college and went into um, financial services up to the insurance side. But I did get my securities license and started working with clients. And then I got lured over into the wholesale side. And one of the most important lessons that I learned during that period of time is that it's exactly the same job. The the only difference is that who is your client? And so when I was in wholesaling, the advisors and producers were my client. And when I was client facing, obviously the, the public was my client. And I enjoyed doing that tremendously, spent almost 20 years in my last position, moving up through all of the positions, finally ending up as a national sales manager, working with bridging the, the differences between financial advisors and insurance producers and just loved it. So you've been a wholesaler kind of like myself, but it wasn't where you started out in the, your career services. Or did you start initially in financial services? Like you knew this is where you wanted to be? I think like every, like, like most people <laughs> in our industry sort of fell into it. I had met my husband my last uh, semester of school And he wanted to be able to stay in that town to be able to finish his law degree. And so I started hunting for jobs in Central Texas at Baylor University. And some of the best jobs were from financial services. And so I was was like, this is interesting to me because I wanted to be in sales. My degree was in marketing. My mother was very proud that I'm going to use my actual degree. Um, And that's how I came to be in it. And I found out that I loved it and had a knack for it. So you're a Baylor graduate. Yes. I'm a cyclone. So can we really talk here and get along? <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> <laughs> Being rivals, just want to make sure. We in this industry need to stick together. We don't need to fight each other. But I had to bring that up with the, you know, the Big 12 connection Absolutely. here. But since, since we met at Women in Financial Services, and you had a phenomenal breakout session about rainmaking, and it inspired me. You inspired me because of your story and how you... Share what you do with such grace, such passion, and elegance. So let's get right down to it. I want to talk about what is the most challenging or what is really, what's the greatest challenge facing our industry today? Absolutely. You know, when you take a look and break down the industry, there are three basic problems. The first is that all advisors want to be able to grow their practices and scale them. The part they leave out a lot of the time is to do so profitably. They forget that part. But the second is that we have a lot of mature advisors in the industry, and they're suddenly realizing they want to be able to exit, and they're not able to do so because they haven't paid attention 
to the, the key components that go into their firm valuation. And then the third thing, the one that's near and dear, obviously, to our hearts, is that we need more women and minorities in our business. And there has been a great effort in the recruiting side of that. But unfortunately, it's almost like they come in the front door and they're going out the back door as quickly as they are coming in. And so we're having a problem with them sticking in the business or obtaining that gravitas that they need to be able to really make their mark and feel comfortable about that. But when you put all of those together, you know, those are all big problems. And when you put all of them together, there's a Venn diagram overlay that pops up almost immediately. And it's the same exact problem that every advisor has from day one in the business all the way to the very last day of the business. And that's new client acquisition. They've got to grow their practice by getting a, a good flow of, of quality referrals coming in the door. So for women especially, our numbers are not growing. And there's a huge tidal wave of retirement assets coming down the pipeline in the next eight to 10 years. Why do you think this is happening? Why are our numbers and why is the DEI movement not growing as, as fast either? My personal research has shown me that the firms that are bringing in the most women are great firms. There's nothing you know wrong about them, but they're very large firms. And in talking with so many different advisors, so many different women, so many different minority advisors, the thing that I have found is, is that we tend to excel in a certain size of firm. We do fantastic as solo entrepreneurs. We do fantastic in boutique firms, up to two, 300 advisors. But you get much beyond that. And all of a sudden, you start running into some barriers that just exist in large organizations. And we can be as, let's see, what would be the right word? We can be as attuned to those as we possibly can, but it's just literally the nature of a large organization, the personality changes. And so it makes it very challenging to still be, you can be as many women as we have, but still be the, the only woman in the room and to be able to speak up and utilize our voices the way that we want to. So my goal with uh, my company, EvoZen, and, and our client first platform is to be able to help elevate, to be able to see these women all these wonderful women that are already in our organizations and to be able to help them succeed in those smaller organizations instead of just being funneled into bigger and bigger groups. And I think that was one reason I was very attracted to everything you were sharing at the conference. And as we talked more about what you do and how you do, because here at C2P, I was given the opportunity to start a woman's clarity to help educate our advisors, speak the language of women and grow our footprint to help not only clients, but female advisors grow in this business. Because without a plan and without a path to run on, we see women trickling out of our system. So I think it's amazing with what you do because you do a really good job. Like everybody thinks they're great at networking, right? We all think I can go to an event, I can have a cocktail, I can talk to so-and-so, but that's where it stops. So let's talk about networking and how you make it different and how you make it for, in my opinion, better. We're never really taught the right way to network. Let's start out with what do we do wrong so we can get better. Absolutely. The, it is, it's true. We go into a conference and we think, hey, we've got a stack of business cards. We can shake hands. 
and we're going to, you know, be able to successfully meet all the people that we're supposed to meet to be able to grow our business. And then we take our business cards home. We really don't do a whole lot with them. We kind of look at them and we're trying to remember what they'd look like, you know, the whole process. And all of this goes into the intentionality. We, a lot of the network that we do is very reactive. We, you know, we may go to a networking event and we feel like that's proactive, but in, in reality, what you want to be able to do is to go to that event, knowing who you're going to meet <laughs> and work to be able to actually create a connection there. Then, you know, take some notes, fill in those notes, do all the follow-up work that's necessary. And mm -hmm. then you have something to be able to build on. Otherwise, it's you're just another, you know, name and a face and a handshake in a sea of crowds. I'm just another business card in their email arsenary. And then I'm getting these emails that mean nothing to me because I don't remember what we talked about. And they're very generic. They don't inspire me to have a conversation. Whereas, take for example, when we met at WIFUS, well, first off, you talked about your dogs. You have yet dogs. Let's make sure that we give honor Let's be to clear. your dogs. <laughs> your beautiful rescue pups. But from there, we had a conversation on the art of rainmaking. You shared your story. You piqued my interest. We exchanged information. And then we decided to connect afterwards and not just be another sea of faces and a crowd of faces. Absolutely. Because we saw the value in what each other brings to the table. And I yes. think that's scary. I think people find that to be a little bit intimidating. Maybe scary is not the right word. Because what if you didn't remember me? What if you didn't have a good poker face and you're like, who are you? You know? It is scary to put ourselves out there. And a lot of people don't realize, yes, we're in a service business. We're out there helping people and talking to people all the time. And yet, realistically, we're an industry full of introverts. And so we're able to put on our social faces and go out and be able to have a really good time. But at the same time, it's very challenging for us to be able to do that. And so that's why I say, you know, having that intentionality is a good way because you've already, in some regards, broken the ice. One thing that I now do at conferences is to actually take a picture of the person with their name tag. And it's funny because a lot of us are very visually oriented. And as soon as I look at that picture, I can remember the entire conversation so much better. That's such a good tip and a trick that we can use going forward. And we are a little bit more introverted. If I hadn't stayed in college, I was going to quit after two weeks because I was so shy. I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't pushed through my own personal limitations or my own imposter syndrome, because we deal with that a little bit more frequently than men do, but men also experience it because we want to make sure that we're putting the right foot forward and we don't want people to see through the cracks. But in our vulnerability, we can build better relationships yes. and build a better business. And I love that because I think that together we can do a lot more. And the fact that we talk about this and we get together and we say, what can we do better? And you share that little tips like that for the introvert that says, I'm a little bit nervous. I've never done this. I share with the younger generation, well, when you're at a networking event, meet five new people and learn one new thing about them that you wouldn't have asked. So try to figure out something to set you apart and to learn about them. Because if you go back to what people like, they want to be remembered. They want you to remember their name. The sweetest thing they hear is you're, you're saying their name. So it's yes. part of the networking and understanding that people want to know that you hear them and know them. Yes. 
So, but now we're talking about networking and how do we get in front of more people or how do we network? Your platform is pretty phenomenal. Client first. Yes, I've been out there snooping. I've been looking at your LinkedIn. I've been looking at your website. I did my research. But how does client first make life easier for financial professionals? Thank you for asking that. I appreciate it. Client first is unique out in 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 our community. And the reason being is that First, there, there's a couple of reasons. First of all, geography no longer matters. In our post-pandemic world, it, it, you no longer have to just work with somebody who's five miles up the road. You know, the key is that you want to be able to introduce to your clients or as a client, find a professional who's the best at taking care of that particular problem and who can work with you. And so it's important to be able to find people. And, and as we have talked previously, one of the things that I've seen is that women are hidden in our business. And so to be able to elevate our profile so that we can be found is, an, is a very important component of one of the things that we do. And so we differ because it's very easy for a CPA to recommend another CPA to a client. Not that they're necessarily going to do that, but if they needed it for a specific issue. All they have to do is to go to their association directory, put in, they'll put in by geography. That's how only people, that's how people search directories these days. And they'll come up with a name and, you know, hopefully that's a good fit for the client. Maybe it will, maybe it won't be. But if they're going to find the best possible person for that, obviously that could be in another state. Well, how are they going to find that person? Because they're not able to search other than, you know, over a hundred miles. What we're able to help professionals do is to not only search on geography, because that is important from a regulatory standpoint, mm -hmm. but to be able to search on credentials, experience, niche or niche marketing, depending upon how you like to say it. Uh, other credentials, uh, do they have certain professional designations? Do they speak a native language that the client prefers to speak in? That can be very important. And all of these things are ways to be able to create a better fit for that client, truly putting your client first, that fiduciary uh, requirement to put their needs ahead of yours, as well as that you have that ability now to be able to make that connection, which ties that client more closely to you because they see that you were responsible for bringing that person to them. And guess what? You can do that in less than 90 seconds. So how is your platform different? We, I've mentioned LinkedIn, that I went out to LinkedIn. I looked at your profile. I did get the opportunity to meet you first. So I knew that you were authentic and I knew mm -hmm. what you did and what you do. But we were talking about this earlier before we started recording. It's like, I kind of paused on, on posting on LinkedIn because all of a sudden it was a dating website. I was getting spam emails, sometimes not feeling safe when people ask me questions. So. Right. How are you helping foster a safe community for financial professionals and women and those and minorities? Yes. First of all, one of the one of the things I talk about is that for a lot of people, we are LinkedIn without all of those spam emails for dating, you know, franchises, cyber, you know, uh, cryptocurrency, all of those usual things that we that our inboxes flow in from some of these social media sites. But we also 
go into this, every person who is in our community goes into this with a certain level of, you know, basic knowledge of understanding. First of all, the elephant's out of the room. We're all there to network and help each other find business, okay? So we've got the right purpose in front of us at all times. The second is that you know, we are fully diverse. So it's amazing how when people are doing the things that they're supposed to do on a regular basis, you do have that level of comfort because you know what to expect. It's consistent. Every time you come onto the platform, you know the experience that you're going to receive. It's consistent. And that consistency goes into both authenticity and the honesty and trust that people need to be able to foster good connections. And I love it because your platform does feel different. Do you do any type of vetting with people who sign up for your platform? Or, I mean, you talked about you've got, they understand the purpose of the platform. Is there any other requirements for financial professionals to join your platform? We do. We don't have a formal vetting at this point. We're still a young, growing company. And those services are very expensive for us to be able to provide at this time. But we're also still small enough. I know every single person that is on the platform. We walk our talk. We actually go in and all of the people that have come to us have come to us by referral from people that we already know to be vetted and to be um, good, consistent people. And so as we continue to grow, we'll then accumulate the funds that are necessary to actually implement a more formal vetting process. Because at some point, obviously, the platform will be large enough that I won't know everybody. But I can say, you know, specifically as of today, I know everybody and I'm very proud of every person that we have on that platform. The quality is amazing. Well, let's talk about your platform because you and I talked about how do you become more referable? And this is something that you and I've talked in detail about. And can you give example and how you can become immediately more referable? After I do that Google search or I look for you and I find you after 90 seconds, how do I know I can trust you? And how, how do I know that you're, I mean, you're being referred right away? Absolutely. You're going to laugh. It's the simplest solution of all. And yet it's the one that people are the most afraid to do. Get a good professional headshot. It needs to be a headshot that is, you know, as much as I love my puppy dogs do not need to be in my headshot. It needs to have good lighting and it just needs to, a great photographer can really capture the essence of a person's soul, as I like to say. But what's most important about that is because we do live in a digital world, the first, you know, let's go back to the old days. First impressions matter. Okay. So the first impression that a person has of you is that picture. So a high quality professional picture is well worth the money. I literally update my photo every year because I want it to look like me. And here's the key point in that when somebody looks at your picture and then the first time they get on a video with you, what are they doing? They're comparing what they see on the screen to that picture. And we go back and talk about consistency. Consistency is a very subtle psychological uh, mindset that if we see consistency between those two visuals, we already have a level of trust. If we see your 20-year-old wedding picture 
when you had completely different hairstyles, mustaches, you know, the, all of the things that, you know, we know what those 20-year-old wedding pictures look like. You've already started that relationship off with a lie. And people will remember that. And they'll always have a level of distrust. So getting a good professional headshot and putting it on there. I believe that they say that 21 times more likability if there's a, a good headshot on there. We have an ebook that is coming out. And this is our very first suggestion in there because it's that important. So I'm going to talk like the kids do this these days. I'm, you know, we didn't grow up with social media. We had right. big hair in our high school photos. We hide them from the next generation. But with today's digital world, mm -hmm. you have to make sure your headshot looks like you. And, and everyone applies filters these days. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts on that? I mean, let your wrinkles show, let your gray hair show, be confident in your photo. What would you suggest? Because if we are going to be authentic to ourselves, when we still have to be comfortable with a headshot, people are still nervous about how they're perceived. You know, I, I will give total credence to the photographer that I use, Judith Hill in Nashville, Tennessee. She's wonderful. And she said, every woman that comes in, the first thing that they want to say is, can you Photoshop out all of my wrinkles? Can you Photoshop 20 pounds off? All of those things that we think that people, you know, resist up against. Okay. And the reality is, first of all, you know, with the right lighting, everybody's gorgeous. Okay. And a good photographer knows how to position you to be able to bring out your very best. Mm -hmm. And it is your confidence that people are attracted to. It's not whether or not you have a wrinkle or two. It's not, you know, whether there's a gray hair. They don't notice half the things that we worry about. But what they are immediately attracted to is the confidence that you exude. And a good professional photographer is able to do that for you. I sometimes, you know, I love when we do our photo reveals because sometimes I, it's almost like the first time that you see yourself the way you think that you see yourself in your head. Mm -hmm. That's a really good feeling. I guess one thing I'm taking from what you're saying is let's, let's normalize authenticity. Yes. Let's normalize so the fact that we are confident in what we do and let that come out in our photos. So what if in the last year I put on 10 pounds? So what? I know what I'm doing. I understand our industry. And, you know, I just chopped off like six to eight inches of my hair. Maybe it's time for a new headshot because I could look different to other people because the hair's gone. But let's normalize authenticity. But Let's be confident in what we do. I love that. Yes. I mean, it just speaks to my inner, it's quiets my imposter syndrome, I guess, when you're speaking about that. So I'm hoping if there's one thing people can take from this conversation today is be confident in your skill set. Let your light shine. Don't let anybody else dim it out. It sounds like I a song. That. It does. That is. <laughs> I love that. But I want to go back to one thing after I just went on my little song rant. You're, you're dropping an ebook. Do you want to yes, maybe share a little bit more about that? Because I always love, I'm not going to lie, I'm a nerd. I love mm -hmm. good content. I love to read other people's thoughts and learn from them. But this is coming down the pipeline really shortly, correct? Very shortly, very <laughs> shortly. We're, we're trying to have it published this week. And, you know, we wanted to be able to do something a little more in depth, but at the same time to be a quick and easy read. I'm in the process of writing a much larger book, a regular book. 
It's called Blink because life is not neat and clean. But and so in creating this ebook, it puts me in the the genre of continuing to be able to write. I write for U.S. News and World Report, and it's a very different kind of writing to be able to bring all that together. So this ebook was my way of being able to talk about some of these things, like getting a professional headshot, how to become more referable. You know, we want you to be a national referral magnet. That's the, you know, the name of our book, because we want you to be able to have this energy and enthusiasm to be able to attract, because it is that magnetism between people that, that does that. And so we wanted something just very short and simple that people can download and have to be able to immediately put into effect. And we hope, obviously, that people are excited about it and want to come see what the rest of our community is all about. I'm excited about that title. How to become a national referral magnet. Yes. I'm not going to lie. I'm drawn to that because I'm like, I always think about how can I do things better with C2P for C2P and for my advisors? And I love that because I think sometimes we shy away from, again, shining and letting our authenticity and our knowledge shine through. So I'm really excited to see that come through. So I can't wait to get a sneak peek. But can you share your website as well? Because when I was out snooping, doing Mm -hmm. my due diligence on your company, you've got some phenomenal blogs out there for advisors and financial professionals to help with a lot of things that you talk about with networking, coming in your niche helping with retirement, networking with CPAs. Do you mind sharing that? Absolutely. My website is www.clientfirst-evozen.com. And when you go there, if you go to the blog site, you're going to find all of the articles that I've written for U.S. News and World Report, as well as we have a white paper on how to work with CPAs. And, you know, we get pretty in-depth. For instance, a lot of financial advisors will go to a CPA and basically said, you know, open your book and I'll find business for both of us. That's not the way to do it. There is a whole, literally a blueprint for how to work with a CPA in a way that not only is going to get you those coveted clients, but is also going to be able to make you literally that CPA's best friend. (laughs) And that also brings us back to C2P, one of our top courses that we have is tax management journey and being a tax planner and and helping our clients. But that white paper and what you do to marry CPAs and financial advisors really helps our advisors help their clients and network with a, you know, a great group of financial professionals with the CPA. So I love it. So hopefully people listening, take the time to go to your website do a little snooping like I did and get some great content and see what a great site you have. But as we're wrapping up, I always like to make sure that, you know, we talked about a lot of different things. We talked about networking. We talked about client first. If somebody's listening today and had, and you had to give them one place to start help them to help them change their networking or enhance their COI besides being a new headshot, what would you encourage them to do? I think the most important thing is that we just have to recognize that some of the things that we think we know, sometimes we really do need to go and learn how to do that. This is peer-to-peer networking. It's the fastest, most economical, and most profitable way to get the highest quality clients. And people aren't doing it because they are afraid to put themselves out there. 
And we can show you that it can be very simple to be able to do that in an easy way so that you're able to do that. And if you're going to, you know, once you've got your headshot, the next thing is to take an inward look at your firm. And how can you create a, I still say, niche market (laughs) so that you can become extremely referable? I use an example all the time about going back to our dogs. If I want a picture of my dog, I want to use a dog photographer. There's 40 different kinds of photographers out there. And if I say, do you know somebody who is a dog photographer? Boom, immediately you can bring somebody to mind. If I say, do you know a good photographer who can take a picture of my dog? All of a sudden, the person's going to start leaning back and start thinking of all the photographers they know and start mentally trying to match them up to you. And invariably, they're going to fail. And so they'll give you the name of three people. And that's not the kind of connection. That's not the kind of referral network that you want. You want that instantaneous, oh yeah, I've got the right person for you. And that that marketing aspect is a great way to do it. But you can go down a whole rabbit hole with that, which we loved, which we love to do, but obviously we don't have the time to do here. <laughs> well, I love it because client first is a phenomenal platform. So please go out and look at it. If I'm gonna take anything away from today, Julie, and I'm I am going to get a new headshot to make sure I'm referable and I'm authentic to who I am. But secondly, I'm going to be vulnerable enough to stop and say, hey, these are areas where I can improve. I might not be a subject matter expert here. Let me reach out to XYZ. So together we grow and our business grows and we do engage more women in the industry and more female clients. And it just becomes a better industry for all. And that that just makes you so excited and gives me chills. <laughs> well, I, thank you. Julie, thank you so much for being here today. For those of you listening, I hope you check out Julie's website and her white her her ebook when it comes out. I know I will. So Julie, thank you for being here. Thank you for giving us your time. You're welcome. Thank you. Appreciate and for it. For those of you listening, whatever you do today, make it a great day and get a new headshot. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thanks for tuning in to A Woman's Clarity, brought to you by C2P, an organization whose purpose is to educate, train, grow, and support holistic financial advisors so families can achieve true prosperity. Subscribe now and never miss an opportunity to learn how to become a more proactive, holistic advisor to the fast-growing female client base. Visit C2PEnterprises.com to learn how we can help support and enhance your business. At the time of delivery and any subsequent publishing, information was deemed reliable but is subject to change by the time of listening or viewing. The contents of this piece include the opinions and projections of C2P Enterprises, are subject to change, and are for informational purposes only. The information provided in this presentation is not intended to be individual investment, tax, or legal advice.